The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets, and they gathered all that they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when you're preparing to be a pastor, one of the years of your education, you spend on an internship in a congregation somewhere. We call it a vicarage. I got this awful assignment. I was sent to Colorado, to the suburbs of Denver, on the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, where the sun shines like 325 days a year. (laughs) And it happened to be our honeymoon year together. And it was an amazing and wonderful congregation. They were so gracious and generous to us. And then the icing on the cake, being in Colorado, was that this church, when it had activities, it would do stuff like take ski trips. And so I was tagging along on this youth ski trip, and someone said, I don't remember who, hey, grab your lunch, we'd all brought sack lunches, grab your lunch, throw it, tuck it into your coat, and let's take the ski lift up to the top of the mountain. So we do. And we get up to the top of the mountain, and we take our skis off, and we, we stuck them in the snow and created kind of a backrest to sit against. And so we plop down, and we sit down, and I'm opening up my sack lunch and pulling out my PB&J, and then I look up. And on an absolutely glorious, beautiful, sunny, clear day, I could see the snow-capped continental divide out in front of me. It's a scene I'll never forget. It was absolutely gorgeous. So here's what I want you to do. Take that scene on a mountain and multiply it now by a table that is set for dinner. And we're having filet from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. (laughs) Medium rare, juicy and tender, melt in your mouth. Multiplied by a fine, well-aged, 
glass of silver oak cabernet. And bonus for dessert, we're having creme brulee, perfectly caramelized on top. Nobody's going to listen to the rest of this sermon, are they? (laughs) Now take that and multiply that for me. It's having Shelly right there. And all my family, all my kids. Multiplied then by my extended family being right there and laughter and conversation and love. Multiplied by all of you, my Trinity family. Multiplied by all of the saints. Multiplied by the infinite God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who so personally permeates each and every one of us with his love and life. And it lasts forever. That's just a little idea of what Isaiah was trying to say in our first reading. That's just like a little smidgen of what heaven is like. Oh, my brothers and sisters, do we have any idea what God has planned for us? Any. Words, even the words of Scripture cannot begin to describe the wedding party that the Father is going to throw for His Son, Jesus, when He comes to consummate His marriage with His bride, the church, with us. And so in the gospel reading, Jesus speaks of this wedding feast that's going to be thrown. And to kind of get our heads around what he's talking about, let's uh, make a comparison. Imagine with me that you are invited to the White House for the wedding of the president's son or daughter. Now, let's do not put presidential personalities into this, okay? Because some people are already like, well, so-and-so is a president. I'm not going. I could care less. But, you know, just set all that aside, okay, for a second. Just be objective. This will be a huge high honor as an American citizen to be invited to the White House for a wedding. Now, imagine someone ignoring that invitation, <laughs> throwing it in the trash, I'm busy. I got other things going on. You know, my bowling league is that day. Sorry, I'm not going to make it. Imagine some so violently rejecting that invitation, the hating the president so much that they would kill the secret servant service agent who hand delivered the invitation to you. Imagine some who'd be like a wedding crasher, right? Oh, they show up, but they don't have the respect, they don't have enough dignity to to dress appropriately for a white tie wedding dinner at the White House. No, instead what they do is they show up in a pair of, you know, cut-off jean shorts and a holy ratty t-shirt and a pair of flip-flops on their feet. Can you imagine treating an invitation to the White House that way? But apparently, this is how some people treat God's invitation, says Jesus. Some, maybe you, ignore the invitation. Why? Because I'm busy, I got bigger priorities, I got other things going on. And some, maybe you, are so angry with God so hate-filled towards God, 
so upset with him that, that every overture that God tries to send to your heart, you just kill it, you cut it off, your heart is so closed and hard to him? And, and perhaps most dangerous of all is that some, maybe some of you, would, would receive the invitation and then say, well, I'm going to be like that wedding crasher. Oh yeah, I'm going to show up. But I'm not going to do anything to get ready for it, right? I'm not going to clean myself up and put them on my best. Oh, no, no, no. You're spiritually lazy. <laughs> You're going to put on your spiritual cut-off jeans and holy t-shirt, not good kind of holy, like holy ratty, all torn up kind of t-shirt, and get your flip-flops on. The proper attire for this wedding feast is the good kind of holy life, virtuous and godly and moral, a life that's filled with goodness and love for God, a, a self-giving life for God and for others, not because you have to to get invited to the wedding, <laughs> no, 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 because you have been invited to the wedding, <laughs> because you are so grateful, you are so honored you so love the Lord that you want to give him, give him your very, very best with your life. Do we have any idea, any idea what God has planned for us, what he wants to give to us? He wants to give himself to us. God wants to marry us and he wants to throw the greatest forever wedding feast ever our entire lives should be defined by this invitation and oriented towards it. Those of you who've done weddings before, maybe your own or for your kids or whatever, you, you know how life, everything in life all of a sudden is like, it's all about the wedding, right? <laughs> Precisely. Our whole lives should be all about the wedding. And so here's the bonus. In this parable, we also get to be the messengers. See, we're not only the invited, we get to be the inviters. We get to, as Jesus says, go out into the crossroads of life, into the places where God puts us, and with the people that God puts into our lives, the people in our, in our workplaces, the people in our neighborhoods or our schools, the people we hang out with. Everybody, and he says the good and the bad, which is awesome because that means we don't need to judge. We don't need to decide who gets invited and who doesn't get invited. You know, he's kind of a jerk. I don't know about him. Oh, she's sort of a wreck. I don't know about her. No, no, no. Everyone is invited, the good and the bad. And yes, there are going to be some who are going to ignore it, and there are going to be some who are going to violently reject it, and they may reject you and maybe even hate you and despise you. And there are some who are going to be kind of interested at first, but then eh, after a while they could care less. But there are many who are going to accept that invitation and they will be there. And do we have any idea what God has planned? Mountain plus meat plus wine plus people plus God forever. And everyone is invited. Friends, as we have been taking this journey together, learning how to be witnesses, I know some of us are like, I'm not sure if this is really still for me. You know, it's kind of awkward Maybe kind of boring, you know, going to my church, learn about God. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
If that's how it, maybe we're just not getting it yet. Think about it this way. If you go out to a a great new restaurant in town and you love it, what are you going to do? You're going to tell all your friends about it. You got an extra ticket to the ball game or or to the show or whatever is going, some event that's going on. You don't just let the ticket go to waste. You invite a friend and say, come along. You know two people, one's a guy and one's a girl, and you think they are perfect for each other. You are going to hook them up and fix them up, right? Meet each other. Maybe, maybe if we really don't want to invite others, maybe we haven't fully accepted the invitation ourselves. God wants to marry us. God wants to throw the greatest feast for all time. This is the greatest love story of all time. And everyone, every single person you and I meet in our life, they are invited. Everyone. Now, of course, we keep saying, okay, that sounds, sounds good. Yeah, I get it. How? I don't know about you, but those of you who have been you know, reading the book and doing the study alongside of the sermons, I mean, I, I love this book. And, and the reason why I love it is because it's so practical. I love what, what Pastor Finke teaches us. I mean, basically what he says, well, here's how you do it. Uh, you take the people in your life now, and you go ahead and you throw a party now. <laughs> In fact, at the very end of this book, and maybe you haven't got this far, so I don't mean to steal the thunder, but there is this equation that he puts in the book. He says this, he goes, if you take unhurried time, which means time where you are fully available to what's going on, you're not rushing off to the next thing. So you take unhurried time and you add to it proximity, the people in your proximity that where God puts you. And then you add to that activity. So you create activity, and he highly suggests food. Why? Because all of a sudden, you've got a comfortable, casual environment. And if you add those three things together, unhurried time, plus proximity, plus activity, then you're going to get conversation. And then if you multiply that times more time, over time, you multiply it by more conversations, eventually you're going to get friendship. And with friendship then comes trust. And with trust comes an open heart. And an open heart comes an opportunity, perhaps, to introduce your neighbor friend to your best friend, Jesus. Friends, we get to practice heaven, right? We get to go ahead and start the party now and have a lot of fun doing it. That's what joining Jesus on his mission is all about. And still, if you're a person who's maybe, you know, on the shyer side or introverted and you say, you know, I'm not throw a party. Yeah, I don't do that kind of thing, Pastor. I don't, I'm not, I don't entertain and do whatever. And, and, and I get it. I mean, and of course, we've got to throw COVID and all the complications it brings on top of it. I understand. I mean, yes, yes, yes. But let me just suggest two things as I close. Read, keep reading the book because in chapter 18, he's got an entire list of suggestions, some big ideas and some just little things that you can do to do this very thing we're talking about. So just keep reading. If you haven't picked up the book yet, get one. It's definitely worth reading. It's not too late. And then here's one more thing. This is a shameless plug. Come to the retreat next Saturday morning. Pastor Fink is going to be here to so that we can grow and we can learn. Come and be here in person, or you can watch it on live stream, on Facebook. Come and be a part of this. 
This is the good stuff, friends. This is the good stuff that, that God is doing in our midst. This is, this is fun because we're invited and we get to invite others to party like it's forever because <laughs> it is.